Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. 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 <laughs> hello. 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 How are you? I'm all right. Happy Thursday. How are you doing? I, I take it back. Oh, I'm so bad. No, <laughs> take we're here. Take it back. No, we love okay, everyone fine, loves the Australian accent so much. No, they fucking Yours don't. Particularly. <laughs> it's horrific. And we know it. Um, I'm going to kick us off with a question. Where? <laughs> Where? Okay, I'm just going to jump in. Hi, M&L. I really need your advice and feel like you guys will understand. I've been suffering with disordered eating for over 15 years. I've only gotten help recently after realizing it doesn't matter that it doesn't look like I have an eating disorder. I was definitely anorexic in my teens slash early 20s, but never looked it. So I never got help specifically for anorexia back then. Now for the last six years, I've suffered with the constant yo-yo dieting and binge eating cycle. My BMI now is approximately 35, not the highest I've been as I got a gastric band three years ago, which I massively regret and wish I got therapy instead. I lost so much weight, but gained almost all of it back. I've wanted to get a breast reduction since I was probably 16. I'm 29 now. Due to the strain large boobs have on my body and prevent me from doing exercise that is more than a walk. Plus, I hate the unwanted attention, stares and comments I get. I still want to lose weight, but I physically can't put myself through a diet and just want to lose weight and be at a natural weight for me because I'm looking after myself. I'm finally at a place where I feel food isn't controlling me and my weight has stayed steady. I'm seeing a dietitian to help me make better food choices, but it's all early days. I'm finally in a financial position to be able to fund a breast reduction without a loan. I can only do it in the school summer holidays as I need to rely on family support that live 300 miles away. So I have to time it right. I've gone through two breakups in the last 18 months and I don't want to date again until I've done this as not only do large breasts affect my body, but my confidence massively. I feel my body confidence issues have affected my relationships and have partly allowed me to settle with someone who didn't deserve me. I now realise any partner, friend is bloody lucky to have me in their life. So F them if they don't treat me right. Good for you. Do I go ahead and do the surgery this summer at my current weight or do I wait another year in the hope I lose weight? The surgery is £9,000, so it's a huge financial commitment. Results would be better if I lost weight, but I've been trying to lose weight to do this operation for over five years since I learned about it. I feel neutral about my body, except my boobs, for the first time ever, so I think it shouldn't matter what my weight is. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Love Anonymous. 
P.S. It's thanks to you guys that I eventually got help for my eating disorder. That's really nice. What do you think? Uh, so I, I guess I have, I mean, I've had a breast reduction, so I have experience with this. I had, I had a breast reduction. I think it must be like six years ago now. Must be. I can't remember when I had it done. It must be like six years ago. And I've put on a lot of weight since. Because six years ago, I weighed significantly less than I do now. Um, and my boobs now are probably as heavy as they were then. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, in an, in an ideal world, you'd be... When you have this surgery, you'd be at the weight that you're going to stay at forever. But that's not realistic that's not realistic at all because we lose weight we gain weight and we just we realistically we don't know what we're going to do I mean you're saying that you've tried really hard to lose weight and you've been trying to lose weight to do this operation for five and a half years and yes you're seeing a dietitian to help you make better food choices but it, it might be that you it might be that this is your weight and you're going to stay at this weight yeah and it's that thing of putting your life at hold whether it's going on holiday or going on a date or having a surgery, whatever it is, it's that thing of like putting your life on hold, waiting for something that might never happen. Right. And it sounds like right. you've thought very long and hard about this. You've saved yeah. up for it. You said at the end, yeah. you know, I think I want it. That you've As far as I hear it, I think you have your answer. Yeah, I do too. If there's no medical reason not to at the size that you are, you know, if they, if, if they say maybe the results would be dramatically better. But, I mean, I'd say if, uh, like, I I know you've had one, Al. Uh, like, I had a friend who had one whose quality of life was so significantly improved for when mm. she had it. She was so, so deeply affected by her boobs. Um, and as soon as I'm done mm. breastfeeding my last child I will have a breast reduction 100% do you think no doubt no yeah. doubt they've got so big um and so saggy yeah. they are gonna be up and out <laughs> like they are I'm heaving them up and chopping them off and that's just gonna be that <laughs> and I'm gonna live an easy life and it's gonna be stunning yeah I, I think I think the, the 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 breast reduction out of all of the cosmetic surgeries improves quality of life the most like that has the most satisfaction rate whatever you want to call it yeah. is breast reduction and people really do feel a mass and honestly I still I'm so I am really happy that I did it yeah because for me I was really insecure about my boobs as well because they were big but also because I'd lost and gained so much weight in my life up to that point that they were really low as well. Yeah. And even though I've put on weight now, they're not low now. So like I I, I have been super happy with it. Um, and I think that any for anyone who's been thinking about this for a really long time and is in a financial position to do it and knows the reasons why they're doing it and knows the, you know, potential risks and how to, you know, manage the situation and whatever... You know, I'm, I'm not going to encourage anyone, but I, I also do think like at some point, I reckon you, you do just say go for it. How was the recovery for you? You know, for me, it was it was it was fine. It was really OK. I mean, I, d I didn't have like any 
a strenuous job, like physically strenuous job. So it's totally fine. I went back to work. I think it's two weeks off work. Um, and I was in very, very little pain. I think I, I took some painkillers like the first few days and then I was, I did get, I did get an infection actually. I got an infection like underneath one boob in the, in one of the scars. Um, so that wasn't that fun, but genuinely the recovery was so much better than I imagined it was going to be and that I had read it was going to be like, it really was fine, fine for me. And this is you of the very low pain threshold. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, listeners, for context, I have, I have my baby on my on my massive bosom. Actually, <laughs> I, my problem was that I was super squeamish about the operation. That's what put me off. I want. I was the same as this girl. I'd wanted it for so. I'd wanted it forever. Yeah. But I was put off by the the thought of the operation. Um. But actually, when it came to it, I said to the surgeon. I don't, I don't actually want to know what you're going to do and like where you're going to cut and whatever. I, ju- I don't want to know. I just want to tell you like how small I want, you know, what size I would yeah. like them to be and then just go for it. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to know the ins and outs. It's just going to freak me out. Yeah, fair enough. And did they lift them up or just, just take them out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lifted, lifted them up. Yeah, yeah a lot. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and and so, I get it as well. You know, you said as part of it, like, you know, you just don't want the unwanted attention and stuff. And I just think, like, it's so depressing that that's such a reality. Yeah, but I just absolutely I get it. So get it. I so get it. You know, like, I, I think you're the same, actually. Like, I never, ever show off my cleavage. No, I very ever. rarely do. I, you know, I actually, I used to, when I was insecure, because my boob, when I was... Because I was like, you, my weight went up and down so much when I was younger. So, and my boobs would always change the most. So when I lost yeah. weight, like when I was my thinnest, I my boobs got to the smallest they'd been. But they were so much flatter than they would have been, I think, because I had been so... Because they had been so much bigger when I was bigger. And when I was insecure in my body and I was curvier, I would show... I would dress with more cleavage, I think, because it was an area of curve that I felt was more, like, celebrated. Um, yeah. And I think it, like, plays into, like, the male validation thing that we were talking about last week. Like, I think it was a way of making me feel better about how I looked and my body and stuff because I was like, well, at least I've got, like, at least men like this. Like, they might, like, I might not be thin, but at least, like... Yeah. People like this. And yeah, yeah, yeah then as I got older you realise it's actually like it's the bane now I think because now my boobs are bigger than they've ever been obviously because I'm breastfeeding and you realise like that people it's such a weird thing where you get kind of accused of attention seeking like I'm already being accused of attention seeking online when I'm breastfeeding and it's just like really (laughs) like am I really am I Um, really and getting dressed again is so difficult like it is it is easier and more flattering mm. in quotation marks to to dress more cleavagey than not yeah to going into the summer and stuff like i'm really struggling to dress myself in a way that's like easy to whip a bap out for starters but <laughs> um also for like just my new body and i think having boobs i was talking to ashley james about this the other day who obviously is she's also just had the, another baby but she has got really big boobs and mm. really struggles with how sexualized she is because of them particularly with breastfeeding yeah. we were talking about it the other day like 
You can't just wear a shirt when you've got big boobs. No. Like, you can't. You have to have it undone to the um, yeah to the middle. So then you've got to have your boobs yeah. out. So you just end up wearing big t-shirts or big jumpers or whatever. And it's like that's actually so yeah. unfair. Just because you don't want to draw attention to this part of your body that is. I know. Just a part of your body. I know. You know, and this is, this is, this is, sounds so crazy, but I, the one thing I regretted about my wedding dress was that I didn't realise that, you know, I'd only tried it on for fittings before and I didn't realise that once I kind of, once my body settled into it and and I wore it in a little bit, that it would drop down at the front and I had cleavage in a lot of my photos and I hated it. Did you? Yeah, it I felt so really beautiful. uncomfortable about it. And I just felt like if, I, if I'd have known, I wouldn't have chosen something that was going to show. And, and and you probably remember I spent the whole day like pulling it yeah. up because I do feel super uncomfortable about my cleavage being on show. I don't, I don't, I really don't, I don't know why. I, I mean, know. I think you are shit, like women with big boobs are shamed for it. You are literally called slutty for having big boobs. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is... Like, the way that I was spoken about as a teenager, it's actually wild. And I probably did play into it because I was, I don't know, insecure and completely overwhelmed by probably my own sexuality or whatever. But the way that you're spoken about, it's like... And you can wear... You know, you and I could wear the same dress as somebody with no boobs. And it would look... You would... One of us would look like a slut and the other one wouldn't. And I use right. the, that word not because you actually... I would actually look like a slut, whatever that means, but because right. that's how you would be described. Perceived. Perceived, yeah. 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 And it's actually yeah. not to always, always be thinking yeah. of that. And, you know, most of us... I remember I woke up at 13. I woke, I went from an A cup to a C cup practically overnight. And then about a week later, I went from a C to an E. And I was like 13. And all my friends were like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and it was, and my mum had always had really, really big boobs as well. So it was like, you know, I, I knew they were coming for me, but it was like, it was terrifying. And yeah. in a way you do get like, you know, oh, I'm so jealous, like from your school friends and stuff, but you are given a womanly body as a child and then just expected to navigate it. And I actually think it's it's a real head fuck. And I think that's why so many of us now have really conflicted feelings yeah. about our sexuality and about how we look and how we're perceived because of it. I, I remember one, um, one of my friends saying that if you can... If you can put a pen under your boob and it stays, then you need a bra. Yeah. I can't remember how old I was, literally a kid, because I, I was saying I developed like overnight and super young. And I remember putting putting the pen under and it, I could have put four pens under, probably. I put a and fucking pencil being case hysterical. under. hysterical. <laughs> I was so upset because I was like, no, I don't want this. I don't want it. Because you don't when you're a kid. And, and I don't know, especially like my family is very prudish and, you know, doesn't really yeah I, I just absolutely hated it despised it yeah it's yeah. Ma- I, then that that initial bit where your boobies come in I remember my best friend Ellie who's a couple of years older than me and I remember d- clear as day I remember this conversation and we were standing in the sea of all places in, in the Isle of Man and it was fucking freezing and we were like paddling and we just we'd we were like I mean she's two years older than me but maybe I was 11 or 10 or 11 and I remember and I had this green vest that had like a sort of built-in 
like a built-in bra to it. Oh. And I remember my like mum really like sort of, but it was like it was a it was like a, it was a top because I wasn't we weren't planning on swimming. It was just like it was a, okay. it was a vest. And I remember my oh. mum really trying to um, sort of infiltrate my wardrobe with with things that might help my budding bosoms. And oh. I remember Ellie being like. You started wearing a bra, and it was, a, and I was like, "No, why?" <laughs> and it was such. I was like, uh, "And it was such a horrible conversation." I was like, "I hate this. I ha- it has to. I'm so embarrassed." And like those two years, I've got my friend's daughter going through it now, and I see her, and I'm like, "Oh, this is the most painful part of growing." It's so painful. When they it's, just it's start, horrible. When they just start, and they're coming all triangly. And you just got triangle, but oh my god! And you, oh, you know, my PE kit at school was white, like white tops, and I just yeah hated it, hated it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We had to wear, we had to wear knickers. Our peak, it was knickers. Was it? Oh yeah, peak, like actual knickers. knickers, and we all like we had we had a little field, and it was um, inner city, and people in the city could like just watch this field, like they could just stare, oh, and they did. You know. They just stood stood down and watched watched us all, um, and we 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 had to be in these little gym knickers. We had to be. We would be like get detention if we weren't. Jesus, so, so, so weird. I bet boys weren't in knickers. No, 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 obviously. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know, it, it is mad, like, and, yeah, I feel really conflicted about it now because, obviously, you know, we still live in a world that, like, if you are sexually harassed, the first thing is, what are you wear? What were you wearing? And I remember the, not that long ago, like, a couple of years ago, when my boobs, they've, they've, been, in, they've been an E for a while, but I don't think they used to look that big before I was pregnant because my back's very narrow, mm. so, like, my, I'm just like a 30 or a 32, but on my back. And I don't think... They looked massive, but I was at that difficult stage where it's like if you go without a bra on, you I could you know you could you'd be there would be eyebrows raised, and I yeah, remember wearing yeah. not wearing a bra one summer in like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty it was fucking, it was no just yeah twenty twenty one and I remember my sister took me to the dentist 
And, and we'd done this Instagram thing. Like, she just did a joke because I looked so ugly at the dentist because it was during my broken jaw era. And we put up a funny photo. And I remember getting this comment from this woman being like, you talk all the time about blah, blah, blah. And it was like, she was nice enough, but basically saying, but you're not wearing a bra, so anything that you get, you're asking for. And it was just like, oh my God, that's actually <laughs> insane. They're like... like can you hear that? Like, can you, you hear, hear that? that? Can you hear it's that? It's sick. Yeah. And it's actually like, because then if you do wear a bra, then you're slutty for having your bra on show. Yeah. You, you cannot win. And I think any, yeah, any hint, any hint of a bosom and you just cannot win. And I find it really depressing. And I'm really interested to watch this journey for myself online as I continue mm. breastfeeding through in, when, in the summer. Because at the moment I'm lifting up a jumper, but I, I don't know what to wear in a way that I can easily accessibly yeah. feed my child yeah. and not be perceived as asking for it or attention-seeking or slutty. Yeah. It's wild. Oh, it's so bad, isn't it? It is so bad. It's actually bad. It is now <laughs> no. illegal to ask somebody to leave an establishment because they're breastfeeding, though. I mean, I can't believe it wasn't illegal. I know, but it's given me a real sense of confidence because I, I was a bit, like, <laughs> at the beginning... I was Has talking just to your happened? sister about this the other day. No, in the last few years, I think. Um, God, that yeah, is I was talking so to crazy. About it. Yeah. I was like that. I keep it in my back pocket for everything. Like if anyone's if anyone gives me a look, I'm like, I dare you. I fucking dare you to come over here because you will be breaking the goddamn law. <laughs> oh my god, I just can't believe that would ever happen. You know, it that is people mad, isn't like it? someone would be asked to leave a bit for breast sitting, uh, breast breastfeeding. Feeding. Yeah, no, it happened to my friend Anna. She was in a park and someone yelled at her. Are you kidding me? No, last year. Oh my god, that's so bad. That's infuriating. So I feel like we're on a theme talking about like sexuality oh. and and breasts and breasts. Yeah, all those sort of things. So I've actually got a DM about somebody being uncomfortable with their sexuality, and I think while we are discussing these things, we should stick. We should stick with it. Hi, Alex um, and the team. I, of course, want to say that I love the podcast and look forward to new episodes every week, especially the Is It Just Me's. Thank you. So to jump right into my Is It Just Me, it's to do with being uncomfortable with my sexuality. Growing up, my parents didn't really talk about sex. And if they did, it was often in quite a negative way. Fast forward to my adult life and I often get feelings of shame and embarrassment surrounding sexual desire and being desired by others. I'm in a healthy relationship and my boyfriend is amazing, but sometimes I get quite anxious about sex, which really impacts impacts, impacts our relationship. His sex drive is a lot higher than mine, which I don't think helps, but sometimes even though I'm in the mood, the feeling of shame the feelings of shame prevent me from enjoying the experience of doing it all together. I really don't know how to get over this and any advice would be appreciated. Although I do realize that this might be the kind of thing to take to, ther- to therapy. I do agree that it's a good thing to take to therapy, but the first stop can always be us. <laughs> yeah. We don't mind being the dry run. <laughs> We're the gateway. Totally unqualified. We'll do what we can. My first suggestion is to go back and listen to the episode that we did with Natalie Lee. Um, at Style Me Sunday on Instagram because her she talks a lot about sexual shame and her whole book is about sexual shame. It's called, and we, we discussed her book in the episode as well. It's called Feeling Myself, How I Shed My Shame to Find Sexual Freedom and You Can Too. So I would listen to that episode back. I would um, buy her book 
Um, don't take advice from me because I'm in exactly the same position as you because I also grew up with a family who hate sex. <laughs> Talk about it as if it's like literally the worst thing you can do. Um, <laughs> but style, at style Me Sunday on Instagram and her book is amazing and I think it will really, really help you. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, all those things we were talking about earlier, um, I actually did recently an ad for a porn company. Yes, Cheeks. And Cheeks, yeah. And even even I, a sex toy wielding <laughs> maniac, <laughs> um, was anxious about it. Like, I... I really got in my head about doing the ad. Like I said yes before I had Arlo and I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, because I've previously worked with Beducated and Cheeks is a similar premise in yes. that it has, it's obviously it's ethical porn, but it's also um, made sort of like for the female gaze. It's much more diverse. Um, you're yeah. more likely to see yourself represented. Like I, I really like the ethos behind it in terms of like the direction that the world needs to go in when it comes to porn but it also like Beducated has a sort of educational arm to it and I've worked with Beducated before and I think these platforms are really important because sex like, and I've said this the first time I ever talked about sex on the internet was mm. I don't know if you remember Zoella had a big scandal where they the yeah. sex toys started Zoella the blog did a blog this is Zoe Sugg's um, blog did a blog post about sex toys and because of that we spoke was, about that yes we spoke about that in our first ever first podcast ever episode. episode yes yeah and then she was removed from the curriculum so that was the first time that I ever talked about mm. sex on the internet and mm. it was because I just felt really strongly I had this moment of huge clarity that it's like if we don't teach women to enjoy sex then we're teaching them to not enjoy it and that's just so mm. distressing when you consider anything to do with consent or any kind mm. of sexual, any kind of sex, you can't you can't send women out there to have sex that they're not or girls out there to have sex that they don't know how to enjoy and and only twenty percent of women can orgasm through penetration alone and nobody knows that you know like women don't know that and they feel like there's something wrong mm. with them if they can't enjoy sex all the time and if it's just like. Two, two, two pumps and then it's like oh well that was <laughs> shit and then you feel like there's something wrong with you and I think yeah like it's it's such a it's so wild that we've come up we've grown up in a world that just accepts that sex is a massive part of our life because without it there is no life but does not allow for any um celebration of women within that it is all mm. about you know sex is finished when a man finishes and that's yeah. that's literally it and i think it's no wonder that women have feelings of shame particularly because you know like i remember at school talking about boys masturbating you know boys would talk about wanking pretty openly and i remember one i've talked about this before i remember one girl had a video of her masturbating that got sent around the whole school Oh no! On a Nokia, like it was, it was like a like old, you know, we we all had our like Nokia and Motorola flip phones and stuff, and it was like, and I remember seeing that video in the back of a classroom and just being like, "Fucking hell, this is what happens to women." It, it was like my earliest lessons, like this is what happens to girls who are overtly sexual. Like they'll be punished, they'll be humiliated. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but that's that happened. I'd say that happened at every school up and down the country. Like it. 
it's so common yeah. that women would be girls would be shamed for you know how often would a girl and a boy have sex and the girl's the one that's called the slut it's what we were talking about earlier mm. so I think we all grow up with this huge sense of shame or like that, that we're going to get branded even in our own relationships with a big scarlet A yeah. like you don't want to be the one that wants it more like I think it takes quite a confident woman to initiate sex particularly even in her own relationship because like it should be the man that wants it right it should be him that's like desperately like clambering after you all the time and like pestering you for sex and you should be you know not really wanted but you've got to give it to him to like fulfill his needs yes and and keep keep him you have to be very grateful you have to put, put, put on a smile and do it with gusto and it's just, and this just that's no. It's you're right, like performative. It's but you know, you're you're doing it to to keep him happy. So the idea that you want it to make you happy, it feels like selfish, indulgent. It feels indulgent, Indul- yeah, very indulgent. And yeah. like, yeah, oh, and you're just gonna use your man, aren't you? You're just gonna you to to get to get like, ugh. yeah. You, you, you absolute harlot, you hussy. You slut. You, yeah, yeah, using your yeah. man. Like, and yeah. it's actually insane that we take these feelings into our relationships. And I actually think it's yeah. so, so common to feel like that even within a relationship. Mm. Because mm. it's just a dynamic that we are fed, shown, used to, that the man wants it more. And I think that can be yeah. a real thing. You know, I hear all the time from followers on Instagram about men who don't want sex as much as their partners yes we've answered that at least twice on this podcast yeah. and then yeah. the woman feels that they both feel like something's wrong with them and then yeah because there's a, a lot of stigma around that for me- for men as well yeah. there's a lot of stigma around it for, for both actually for the woman because i mean does it in, does it indicate that there's something wrong with her that she's just not attractive enough that you know her man isn't pestering her for sex like everyone says he's supposed to and for him as well you know it's it's there's a lot of stigma around it for him as well so we don't talk about about that yeah it's actually it's yeah it's so depressing and I think like you're so not on your own for that and I don't you know as much of it as is probably to do with your upbringing in that your parents were quite private about it I wouldn't hold too much weight in that in that I don't think there were many households that were very open about sex yeah like obviously watching sex yeah. education you know like I think we all assume that everyone else's mum is like Gillian Anderson but <laughs> <Yeah>. um, imagine <laughs> my mum's not far off to be fair yeah but, she's not mine um, is <laughs> yeah. but I think like for for the most part I mean, but still even though my mum's very open there's not much you can't take to my mum I would still feel a burning sense of humiliation if I had to bring up anything to her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something personal. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, like I could talk in hypotheticals with her. I could be like, oh man, did you know that anal beads don't have string or whatever? And she'd be like, cool, bro. But if it was like, (laughs) did you know I tried to put an anal bead up my bum? She'd be like, (laughs) 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 I haven't. She she is listening to this. So, um... (laughs) I haven't put a name of beat up my bum. And if I had, which I haven't, we'll never talk about it. Um, <laughs> but I haven't. Anyway. But um, will you talk about it on here? Because I've got questions. <laughs> no, I know. I know. God, God don't. I know you've got questions. I wish I could answer them. Yeah. But it's, I've, I've said it. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. It's, it's not for me. It's fine. I've got your friend. I've got your friend who my, has all yeah. the answers. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. So it's all good. Not much she's not put up her bum, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, and yeah, yeah, I just, I think 
we don't talk about it with our parents and that's probably a good thing and we don't talk about it with our friends and that's probably a sad thing um but you're not on your own for feeling that sort Definitely of weirdness. Not. And there's a lot in the way of resources. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to take it to therapy, 100% support you. But like um, Al said, that podcast episode that we did with Nat was great. Um, Beducated yeah. is, is a really good... Yeah. Um, really good platform. I really like uh, The Sex Doctor on Instagram. Yes. Um and there are and then come curious. I mean I know they're absolutely wild and crackers and they've got the kind of sexual liberation that I could never. But it's fun <laughs> to watch that. That that empowers me. Um same. So, same. Yeah, there's all sorts out yeah. there. Yeah. It definitely helps me listening to them talk so freely and so openly about sex and their own sexuality for sure alleviate some of the shame that I feel around sex definitely 100% we're gonna have them back as well oh yeah we are um I reckon yeah. if you spoke to your partner about it he'd be like oh my god I would like I, I would love it if you initiated this or if you whatever you know yeah within our relationships I think we project a lot onto what we think that men want from us without realizing that yeah. the men that we're with aren't the men that we're thinking about when we think about the man you know yeah. So I mean, that was a serious, a seriously sexual Wasn't it? episode. <laughs> it was. It was. It was serious. It was sexual. So um, sexual. I feel uncomfortable. No, I don't. Yeah, I'm it's very all good. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm absolutely fine. I think you did really well there. <laughs> Do you love that? I was. Yeah. Oh, I've had this email. Um, <laughs> it was. You. It's actually from me. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, no, I hope that helps in some in some way. And also to that um, to the girl who's thinking about the breast reduction, if she wants. It, you, you can email again to that email address and I'll, I'll get back to you with like any questions you have about that there was someone who I who had had a breast reduction that I was speaking to when I was having one I was so thankful for her because I was very lost and scared and she was just brilliant so it's so good to have someone so I'm I'm open for that for sure so yeah thank you for listening thank you for being here our friends we will be back yeah on Monday on Monday and we love you loads and we hope you have a cracking weekend we love you lots Bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much for listening. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.